Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome Carolyn Strauss. How are you doing today, Carolyn? I'm great, Dan. It's such an honor to work with you again. I mean, we've known each other for years, and you're amazing. You continue to amaze me. Well, thank you very much. I'm I'm just delighted that you're here right around your birthday. So happy birthday. Everyone in virtual land should be singing happy birthday to Carolyn. Us virtual Virgos. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Well, you don't, want to hear, you don't want to hear my voice singing, that's for sure. So let's dive into it. Carolyn, why don't you tell people a little bit about you? Because there's so much to say, but let's keep it to 30 seconds or so. 30 seconds. So in relation to what we're talking about, I have written four books, done several video projects. Um, I was a plus size model. I had my own line of clothing on the home shopping network. I was a judge for the Miss USA pageant. So I worked for the Trump organization. I also got a check once from the penthouse organization. So I've had a really varied life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just learned a, a, Several new things I didn't know about you. Yes. Uh, very interesting. Cool. Well, let's talk about your books. Why? <laughs> really? With all that, Dan, you want to focus on the books? Good for you. Good way to focus, my friend. I'm impressed. It, it, it's it's a challenge, but uh, that that that's what we do here. We're just totally focused here on helping people write their books. So Great. let's talk about uh, your book, The Code. What's the full name of The Code? And tell me a little bit about it. This book. So this is my most recent book, which actually came out several years ago. And the full name is The Code, A Man's Rules for Living Life, Having Fun, and Getting Dressed. And I actually co-authored that book. In fact, I have co-authored all of my books. And that to me is so important. I am a great starter and I'm a great finisher. I'm not a great middler. I cannot get stuff done by myself. Seriously. And we've got to know where our strengths and our weaknesses are. So I partnered on the code. I have a friend named Jack Dale, who is one of the most brilliant men I've ever met. He's just, he's the most worldly guy I know. And he started this book by having a conversation with a friend's sons on a camping trip about the difference between being a guy and being a man. And he wrote all of these rules about what it's like to to grow up to be a good man. And then he showed it to me and I said, well, these are interesting rules, but do you want to know how women are going to respond to what to a man when he's living those rules? Because I've studied gender communication differences for the past more than 25 years. So he said that would be fun. So basically, the code is Jack's rules with my commentary on every rule. That is fascinating. So he actually had the idea for the book. How are you monetizing the book or are you monetizing the book? Well, so we did a series of videos and this was back in 2013, maybe. We did a series of videos for the book to get people to want to look at the book. So we have 
um, thecoderulesbook.com, I believe. We still have that. That's funny. It's terrible that I'm, don't go to that website because I don't know if it exists. And um, yeah, so we did some videos for it and Jack went out and did a little bit of speaking about it. I just kind of use it as an extra back of the room thing when I do my speaking for audience members who have young men in their lives who want to become great grown men. Fantastic. So you can monetize the book in many ways. Let's talk about the pros and cons or the ins and outs or the rules for working with a co-author because, you know, I, I, I met Ken Blanchard once and he wrote, he's written 60 or more books and each of them were written with a co-author and he's a brilliant guy. And I asked him, why do you use a co-author? And he said, because I learned so much when I work with other people. And I thought that was wonderfully humbling for a person who's that smart and that yes. accomplished. So tell us, what are a few rules that you, what are, what are a few things that you've discovered when working with a co-author? I get it done. There are four unfinished books of written by me in my computer. They've probably been there for some of them for 15 years. I start, like I said, I'm a good starter and a good finisher, a terrible middler. So I love working with a partner because it's the accountability of knowing who's going to do what and by when. So I'm a person who needs deadlines. So if your listeners are people who need deadlines, it's really nice to have that kind of accountability. Um, it's also challenging. Well, so here's one of the things I learned, Dan, and you can tell me if you believe that this is true or not. If you've co-authored a book, you can market it any way you want because you are the author of that book and you do not need your co-author's permission to market it. Do you believe that's true? I believe it's true if you put that into the contract. Mm. Okay. So have a contract. That would be <laughs> um, great idea. <laughs> and if it's not yeah. in the contract, then you're not bound and they're not bound to it either. So, <laughs> well, so I had a, I had a co-author on, um, I wrote a children's book several years ago that I think is fantastic, but let me tell you why it's not available. And maybe you can help me with this, Dan, because it's a weird size. It's like 10 by 13 and it costs me $20 to get each one printed and I'm selling them for $15. So for your audience and your listeners, that's not a good business model. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's that, but <laughs> she and I, my co-author on that book and I had a huge disagreement after it was done and she wanted to take it one direction and I wanted to take it another direction. And we met with an incredible literary lawyer out of California. And he um, said, you know what? You wrote it. Your name's on it. You can do anything you want with it. So I found that interesting. And my mm -hmm. first book that I wrote was called Specialty Modeling. And it was actually published by Dutton Books. And it was in 1987. And it was one of the, it was the number one trade paperback in 1987. And I'll never forget walking down Madison Avenue in New York City because I was living in New York at the time. And I walked by this bookstore that was right near Grand Central. And my book was in the window. And I nearly fell over. I remember standing there staring at it because it's before everybody had cell phones and cameras. So I have no evidence of this, but I remember it crystal clearly. And it was, it was a great experience. Uh, yeah, I had a similar experience. I wrote one of the first books about marketing on the internet back in 1983, 84, 94, <laughs> 93, 94, excuse me. Um, and 
my publisher was in New York and they widely and they, they arranged for me to speak at the Barnes and Noble on Fifth Avenue, which is probably the same bookstore you pass by. Big giant plate glass windows. They put five or six books in each of the windows and massive numbers of books, you know, pyramids of books, uh, you know, holy grails of books. And I was, I, my mother drove in and we found a parking spot because it was Sunday. So you can actually find a parking spot uh, in New York City and uh, walked across the street and stared at my, these the, the hundreds of copies of my book. Which was which was quite cool, and in the other panel, this other uh, another book uh, panel, I say glass. There was a, a, a guy and his wife looking at a book. It was a, a book about how to make money or whatever. He said, "Oh, the only people who make money on those books are the authors." And then <laughs> he looked at me, and he looked at the promo of me in the window and back, and did a double take. Said, "Oh my God, he's the author! He's the author! He's the author!" And and unlike you, I have my three by five poster, which I will grab for you uh, after the show (laughs) you of my appearance in Fifth Avenue in New York at the Barnes and Noble, the mothership store. So yeah, it's it's quite an ego trip. The best feeling in the world is when you get your actual book in the mail, in the box and you open the box and there's the actual book. I'm, I'm challenged by eBooks. Personally, I don't love reading on my computer or on an electric device. I like holding a book. So I have thousands of books around my house from mostly my friends who've written them, but I get the actual book. So pretty much anything I do, I try to create an actual physical product from it. And I think that comes from my 18 years being on the Home Shopping Network, where I sold my actual clothing, actual um, products. So when people got it in their hands, I like to think of every time you get something from somebody in your hands, it's like, it's like Christmas. You get to open <laughs> it up and there's, there's the gift. So I think the gift of a book sometimes is having it. But of course, there will be an ebook attached to this podcast, I believe, Dan, because Dan, you're an amazingly generous person. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I'm sort of like you in the same way. I, 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 prefer holding a book and I know when I'm halfway done or two thirds way done or only have a couple of pages left, but because of the COVID, I can't get books out of library books, bookstores are closed. I've been doing more Kindle reading and I really don't like it. Uh, I like being able to make the font bigger and I like being able to highlight passages and save them Hmm. and even to see what other people found interesting. But I've been really enjoying audible books, though, audio books. I think it's important to have an audio for your book. Um, I've worked I work with a lot of executives and when they were driving to the office, many of them are not right now. They're working from home or virtually. But when on the drive, I think when you're on a long drive, I think a book is an amazing way to learn things. In fact, I um, for the past couple nights have been listening to an audio book as I'm falling asleep. And it's a book that I sent to a friend of mine, the actual book book. And then I'm just listening to the Audible so that she and I can talk about it. So I think it's amazing now how we can consume books. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it a wonderful compliment to an author, author to say, I, I listened to your audio book to fall asleep? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> it should be. It's, it's, it's actually a book about grief. So I, um, I think it's a really good thing to fall asleep to because you can just let it go while you're sleeping. Yeah, sometimes uh, I like listening to audio books as well. So sometimes it will force me to take a walk. 
and go further yes. than I normally would because it's particularly interesting. So we'll have to trade titles after the show is over and recommend books to each other. Um, cool. So let's go back to the idea of a co-author. What worked, what didn't work in any order you like? It's a great question. Again, I, I hate to say it, what worked is getting it done. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I make a commitment to someone, I keep my commitments. So when somebody says we're going to work for a couple of hours on this day, we work for a couple hours on that day and get it done. I think what's really important is to have a clear vision of what you're creating together and do an outline together and know where, who needs to do what research on which chapters to actually get it done and make it valuable. I also find, okay, this, I don't know if anybody has said this before and it might sound awful, but I think finding the book you want to model your book on is crucially important. So my first book called Specialty Modeling, the one that came out in um, 1987, that one my co-author, Tori Hartman, and I, Tori's now living out in LA, um, she and I did a lot of hours at the Barnes & Noble in New York City, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, mm-hmm. going through all the books and seeing what format do we like, how long a book do we like, what size book do we like, how many chapters do we like, and finding a few books that made us want to continue reading and we modeled our book, our style, our um, layout after those books that we liked. And I don't know, I don't know if that's a tacky thing to do, Dan. I think it's a smart thing to do. Like when I was making my clothes for the Home Shopping Network, I would find what was, you know, the best from the couture designers that season and I would model my clothing after that. I mean, I'd come up with creative ways to shift it and change it, of course, but I would model after that. So I don't believe in, in, in re, um, creating the wheel. I believe finding a wheel you like and then finding a way to make it your own. Yeah, I agree completely. In fact, I remember when I was in college, I would, before I'd write a term paper or take a test, I'd read an author whose style I liked because that would sort of get me into the rolling way of writing like Hemingway or Steinbeck. Not that I am Hemingway or Steinbeck, but (laughs) it would remind me how good writers write. And that was a wonderful thing. So modeling is is definitely a wonderful idea. Um, Do you have any problems with co-authors? I had a problem with my co-author, yes, on the children's book that I did, um, which was called um, They Talk and Talk. It was about a little girl who, and it was all written in rhyme, and it was about a little girl who walks through her life, and everybody's making opinions and saying things about her, and she gets home and looks in the mirror, and at the end says, thank God I'm me. Because hmm. she doesn't hear what anybody else thinks. The, the point of the book is it's not my business what you think of me. And I, um, I loved that that concept and I worked with someone to help me really get it done and help me tweak it and then she and I like I said wanted to go a very different direction with the illustrations and with the marketing and all of that so um it it got legal for a little while and and ugly and um it's complete so yeah just 
just be clear who you're working with. Just make sure that you're partnering with somebody that you know, like, and trust. And what you said, Dan, never go to work without a contract. It's funny. In my speaking business, in my consulting business, I would never go to work without a contract. But when I'm working with a friend, I'm like, no, 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 you're my friend. We'll be fine. Now, I make agreements with friends. (laughs) Uh, Good advice. Um, What other tips do you have for working effectively with a co-author? We talked about the outline and the research and the responsibilities and such like that. What other ideas are there? Maybe find somebody who's different from you. Like I think very big picture. I think comically. I think of the, the, the joke in it, you know, how to make it funny. And I need to partner with somebody who can make it real, who can give it the, the weight that it needs. So maybe f- figure out what your strengths are. And then figure out what your co-author's strengths are and make sure that you're not the same. I mean, if you're the same, it could work depending on what kind of a book you're writing. But if you're writing anything that you want to have appeal to a lot of different types of people, if you and your co-author are different types of people, that might be really helpful. Very good. Good advice. Do you have any other tips as we wrap up? Um. Yeah, just get the get the book done. Just get it done. Just get it done. If you have to hire an editor, great. If you if you want to just get it done, talk to Dan. <laughs> Go to writeyourbookinaflash.com and and just get just get it done because there's something so satisfying of just finishing it and going, "Ah, oh, okay, that's out of my body. Now I can move on to something else." Perfect. That's great. So tell us who is your perfect client and how can they get in touch with you? So right now, I'm doing a lot of virtual work. I'm doing a lot of virtual consulting just because getting on a plane right now with the circumstance we're in is not appropriate. So I'm doing some virtual MC work. So if you've been planning a conference or going to a conference that has gone from being in-person to being virtual, I'm actually doing a lot of virtual MC work and then continuing my speaking and training on um, sales persuasion and execution. So actually, and my sweet spot is really businesses that have between 25 and 250 employees who are now working on-site and virtually, and how to get everybody working on the same page. Perfect. And how can they get in touch with you? Go to www. Is that still a thing? Go to carolynstrauss.com, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-S-T-R-A-U-S-S.com. Great. Should they also go to brilliant100.com? You can find me on brilliant100.com. It's brilliant, the number 100.com. And that is my newest project, which is 100 Minutes to Brilliant Blended Meetings, which is a video program. However, we did write a companion workbook to go with it. So that's a book, right, Dan? Does that count as a book? That's a book. Okay, good. Cool. Brilliant100.com. Great. Thanks for being with us today, Carolyn. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.